perspective. You know, it's a particular uh, attitude towards something or a way that we regard something in our life. It's a point of view. The fact is, perspective determines how you see things around you. And I'm going to argue through this series that perspective is a big, big, big deal. You know, and thus our series, Perspective. And uh, today we're going to focus on the importance of perspective when you're in the middle. You know, clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. You know, I think that'll preach. <laughs> so, you know, the power of the resurrection can change your perspective especially when you're stuck in the middle, you know, which is where some of you are today. You're in the middle of a challenge. You're in the middle of a battle, a storm. You know, you're in the middle of something that is stealing your strength and your hope, something that maybe is getting the best of you, that makes you uh, have that sense you're in the middle of something that doesn't make sense to you. And the fact is you've lost control and you're afraid. You feel stuck in the middle. And I'm just curious, how many of you when you fly, how many of you prefer a window seat? All right. How many of you prefer an aisle seat? You're probably sitting on the aisle seat right now. I, I like the aisle seat. I like the extra space. I can kind of put my feet out in the aisle once in a while and stretch. Uh, I, I like easy access. Okay, I need control is what I need. And so I like, I like the aisle. Anybody prefer the middle seat? Yeah. So <laughs> my, my wife, Cindy, uh, She's very gracious. When we fly together, she, she'll sit in the middle to accommodate me. Now, several years ago, uh, I was flying by myself. It was a full flight. And so when I, by the time I, got, I was able to board, there were only a few seats left. And they were all middle seats. And so I'm walking and kind of assessing things, and I realize that... There's one, just one middle seat, and this couple are holding hands, all right? So one of them's sitting in the aisle, the other one's sitting at the window, and they're holding hands, and so I, uh, I walked, walked up to that point, and I'm like, um, you know, can I get in? Do you guys want to sit together? And so I was, I was kind of shocked because they're like, no. I, I like the aisle, she likes the window. And I'm like, okay. It was a long flight. And so I'm thinking, oh great, this is gonna be fun. And they were big people, can I, can I say that? Am I allowed to say that? All right, anyway, you got three big people now sitting in, the, in this row. And they're leaning in to me, 
throughout the flight. Uh, they're, they're talking to each other and kind of leaning in, and they kept passing stuff back and forth. I mean, seriously, they passed gum and mints and candy and chips and sandwiches, magazines, nail clippers. I mean, it went on and on and on. And get this, they thought they owned all the armrests, too. Did I say I hate the middle? <laughs> I'm thinking, this is just awful. And then it got weirder. They decided that they were going to watch a movie together. This is no joke. They, they have two sets of corded earplugs. They plug them in. So now I got, a pl- I got this plug, you know, this coming across in front of me. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. And here I am, stuck in the middle with you and you. (laughs) We don't like the middle. Why? Because in the middle, you feel stuck. And friends, it's true in life. You know, anytime you start something, at first, it's exciting, isn't it? It's fun. You're imagining, you're brainstorming, nothing's too big, the sky's the limit. And you jump in with both feet. You know, spend the money, purchase the space, hire the staff. These are great times. You know, get accepted to the school, sign up for the classes, you know, fill out the forms, get the license, design the logo, open the doors. The fact is, lots of people start things but few finish. Why is that? Because it's easy to get stuck in the middle. Because in the middle, stuff happens. It's in the middle that you realize that somebody has to execute the dreams that were on the whiteboard. In the middle, reality hits. You know, in the middle, there, there are details to manage, more classes to take, Tests to study for, bills to pay. In the middle, there are a lot more challenges that have to be navigated. You've got this distance from where you started, but it's equally as far to the finish. It's in the middle. It's where it's very tempting to give up. And this is when things shift, isn't it? This is where, where you go from, you know, best idea ever. What was I thinking? And your enthusiasm kind of meets reality. It's what happened the 50th time that you were going to do something, and you didn't do it. For some of you, You had this idea, you had the best intentions, but that's where it ended. You didn't even get started, and that's a message for another day. But others, they start, and then a few weeks in, a few months, maybe a few years, you think, this is difficult. This is more challenging than I thought, and then at some point, you just bail, you quit. See, in the middle, 
is tough. In the middle is where you get tired, maybe scared. It's in the middle where fear can overtake you. You know, we're in this series, uh, Perspective, and we've been looking at uh, how different people were impacted by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we're getting their perspective, and I believe that if we can get their perspective, perhaps it'll help change our perspective. And today, we're going to look at some of Jesus' closest friends. And a little context before we jump into the story. This is a few days after Jesus had died on the cross. The disciples are confused. They're, they're broken. And out of fear, they have ran and hid. They're scared to death. And so we, we pick up here. It says, in the evening of that first day of the week, the disciples had met together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood right in the middle of them and said, peace be with you. Then he showed them his hands and his side. And when they saw the Lord... The disciples were overjoyed. The disciples are gathered in a locked room, okay? They're, they're afraid, they're, they're lost, and they feel stuck. And in fact, is some of you can identify with that because it's where you are today. You know, that, that Greek word uh, for locked that's used in scripture. It's much more emphatic. You, you kind of miss it here. It's the idea of being locked and then bolted. In other words, double locked. You know, that's how afraid they are. The, the disciples are terrified at this point. They're, they're afraid at any moment that, that SWAT's going to come in, bust the door down, and descend on them and arrest them and that they're going to die just like Jesus died. And something did descend on them, all right, but it was Jesus. Later, we'll find out also the Holy Spirit would descend on them. But in the middle of the situation, in the middle of their hopelessness, Jesus shows up and he says, peace be with you. In the middle, Jesus inserts himself in their lives. And I believe there's a word here for us from God, a, a word for our world, for our country, for, for our church, and particularly for you. And that is whatever you're facing, whatever it is that you're going through, right in the middle is where Jesus wants to show up. You know, just like he did in that locked room with the, these frightened, anxious disciples who had lost all hope. You know, it was in the middle that they were comforted by Jesus' presence. It made all the difference that Jesus was right there with them. You know, Jesus' presence would change their perspective, would change them. They, they had arrived at the room, and they were afraid. They were afraid because they were afraid they'd be arrested and killed. They, they, they arrived at the room. They're cowering. They're, they're hiding from the world. And they arrived brokenhearted. 
I mean, they're hurting inside. But they left that room comforted, full of hope, triumphant. They, they left the room and they were bold. And in fact, so bold that when you read the book of Acts that follows all of this, you, you find Peter. Peter is preaching boldly the good news. You know, we find John, he's courageously, he's proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they're unafraid. Even, even when they were physically beaten, and they were told not to preach, I mean, these guys continue to preach the good news. They're like, go ahead, punish us. It'll be an honor to suffer for the cause of Christ. Why would... They'd be calmed by the presence of Jesus. Friends, because when you're in the presence of Jesus, you find peace. Some of you need that today. See, faith drives out fear. Jesus doesn't just give peace. Jesus is peace. He's the prince of peace. In other words, when, when he says, peace be with you, he's really saying, I am peace, and I'm with you. Paul would later proclaim, he'd say, for Christ is our living peace. So just, just as Jesus' presence would change their attitude, their demeanor, they'd also be calmed by his words. He says, Peace be with you. You know, peace. What do you think about this? Their situation did not change in that moment. They were still in danger. In fact, we know all the disciples, except for John, would die for their faith. So the thing they feared the most, it actually happened to these guys. But Internally, their perspective shifted. His words instilled peace in them. And I believe as you, as you draw close to Jesus, you move closer to peace in your life. I mean, you, you can almost feel that calming presence immediately when you're close to Christ. But we have to start thinking different. Peace is not the absence of problems and troubles. Peace is being in the presence of God, in the midst of the struggle. If Jesus is there, you can have peace in the midst of the troubles. You know, peace in the midst of the whatever it is you're facing, in the midst of uncertainty. You know, in the midst of economic upheaval, political division, you know, in the midst of fears and worries and persecution, you know, in the midst of the obstacle and the pain and the hurt, Jesus offers perfect peace. Jesus is our peace, friends. You know, when the disciples, they, they, they saw the resurrected Jesus, they realized that death could not keep him in the grave. And their perspective changed. 
They were calmed by that. They, they were emboldened by that. They were emboldened to share the good news after that. And friends, I am praying that God raises up the next generation. You know, the, a generation that has been marked by fear and anxiety and hopelessness. See, I believe that God's going to make his presence known. And in the middle of whatever this is, that Jesus will show up and empower and embolden, you know, some of, some of you to, to go and proclaim the good news about the Prince of Peace to a world that's full of fear. You know, we, we talk about peace, but I'm not sure we really understand what peace is. You know, I'll see people once in a while, it's become popular again, the, the peace sign. You know, peace. You know, it's, a, it's that idea, I hope things go well for you. You know, or, or maybe, maybe that desire for someone to experience peace in their life. I was driving home from church, this is a while back, but I saw a car, they had bumper stickers all over, and I'm always curious what people put on their cars, but it said, make peace, not war. And then I found myself just laughing, because they had another bumper sticker, kill all the zombies. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> make peace, not war. It implies that peace is the absence of conflict. But in a biblical sense, that, that's not so. Jesus, when he talked about peace, he's talking about shalom. Shalom, which is a deeply rooted peace that exists within. You know, shalom, it results in a wholeness, a well-being. In fact, shalom exists from receiving every good gift from God. So when, when Jesus says, peace be with you, he was saying, shalom be with you. He's saying, may God give you every good thing. May God give you every good gift. See, it's not only God is with you, but God's for you. That's a shift. It's a difference. God wants to give you every good gift. And if we don't have a gift... Well, it means a couple things. It means it, it's not a good thing that we're wanting. It's not a good thing for us. Or it's not a good thing right now. The fact is, we can trust God. In the middle, we, we can be calmed by his words. We, we can find peace in, in his presence. And we also need to learn to celebrate.
There we go. It uh, was searching. <laughs> the, friends, you have to learn to celebrate. And there's someone who needs to hear this today. You have to celebrate in the challenges, in the struggles, in those times when you go, okay, I know this will pass at some point. Some of you are in the middle. And you're thinking, when's this going to end? You know, when am I going to get through? And we tend to fixate on the finish. And I will tell you that is a good thing, and it's a bad thing. If, if you keep focused on that finish, there's a day coming, it can be a good thing for you. It'll give you strength, but it also can mess with you. In other words, it's really easy to get discouraged, especially when the finish well, it doesn't come quicker or faster or easier than at first you thought it would. And my point is, yes, it'll keep you moving. It will pass. It, it, you will arrive at some point. But at the same time, in the middle, in the middle, you have to celebrate regularly. You know, praise God in the middle. Find something to thank God for in the middle of the struggles. You know, praise God, not, not when, when it's over or when it's finished. I mean, you do that, but you also have to celebrate in the middle of stuff. It'll give you strength. You know, Romans 8, 28, it says, And we, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. It is a reminder, friends, that God has a plan for those who are faithful to him, that faithfully follow. It's a reminder that this is not the end. The fact is, when Christ returns, he will return victoriously. This isn't the end. Friends, in the end, we win. But in the middle... Well, we got to celebrate from time to time because Jesus is with us and for us and loves us. You know, Jesus said, Matthew 16, 20, he says, for where two or three have gathered in my name, I am there in their midst. I'm there in the middle of it. No matter what happens, no matter what's going on with you, Jesus is with you. He's with you. And not only did, did Jesus give us his presence and his words, but the fact is he showed up in the middle of the disciples and he proclaims the, this peace, but then he shows them that he paid the price. I mean, it's a beautiful story. It says, then, then he showed them his hands and his side. And when they saw the Lord, the disciples were overjoyed. Why were they overjoyed? Because his wounds comforted them. Because it confirmed, when they saw his hands and feet, it confirmed to them it was really him. You know, they, they had seen Jesus nailed to the cross. And 
he hasn't ascended at this point, but he's there. But he doesn't have his heavenly body yet, all right? If you read Luke's account, the disciples initially thought Jesus was a ghost. So when, when they were able to see the wounds, to see his hands and his feet touch them, it comforted them. It, it gave them confidence. See, I think one of our greatest fears is death. I mean, we fear that death's the end. Our greatest fears surface. You know, when someone we, we love dies. Friends, everyone we love who's in Christ, they're going through the other side. We're, we're going to go through, just like Jesus did. Death is not the end, friends. It's the middle. It's the middle. It's the transition to, to heaven. There, there is peace and comfort knowing that death's not the end. You know, the last time the disciples had seen Jesus' wounds, he's dying on the cross. Now, granted, they were witnessing this from a long ways away. They kept their distance. You know, we know that ultimately they ran and hid. But now, when they see his wounds, when they touch them, they're overjoyed. They're excited. It's spilling. Because the wounds reminded them that God could reconcile the worst of the worst things. That God could reconcile everything. Even death couldn't stop God from doing what God wanted to do. You know, that resurrection, when you see Jesus, it brings hope. And it brought, brought eternal life. You know, it, it can restore dreams again. The, the resurrection of Jesus Christ was a declaration that there is nothing that God can't do if God wants to do it. God can do whatever he plans on doing, that there are no restrictions for him. You know, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is proof positive that God is fully in control. And friends, from the perspective of heaven, when we finally get to experience that, friends, we will look back at all the challenges, all the uncertainty, all the sickness, and all the grief, and all the despair, and all the disappointments, and something glorious will erupt in us. And we will be overjoyed to the point, and we will celebrate and go, oh my God, you made everything right. You restored it. You did what you set out to do. You know, Jesus, he shows them his wounds, and it was a reminder to them of what Jesus had done for them, what he'd done for the world. He says, look, look what I did for you. See, in the middle, Jesus declared to them salvation, good news. Jesus is in the middle. He's between heaven and earth. 
He's between God and humanity. And he shows them what he had done for them. And he does that before he calls them, by the way. And I think something that that calms is the mission that he called them to. Later in the story, it says, Jesus said to them again, yes, peace be with you. Just as the Father sent me, so I am now going to send you. Jesus called them, and this isn't an errand. Hey, I need you to do a little errand for me. It's a mission. It's a mission from God. You know, that, that word uh, sent is uh, it's a diplomatic term. It's mission on behalf of the king of kings. It's a mission uh, of a new kingdom. And as Christ followers, we get to live at a higher level. We get to live above the storms. We get to soar on the wings of eagles. You know, sent into the world with a mission to share the good news of Jesus Christ, to let people know that they're forgiven, that a relationship with God is possible, that they've been set free, that there's a power to see them through. It's a message of peace. You know, peace with God, peace of mind, something we all long for. It's peace in the challenges and the problems of life. A peace that when you experience it, it truly surpasses all understanding. It's hard to explain. But friends, how can anyone know if we don't go? Now, if we don't share the good news, if we don't embrace the mission, how will people know? And without Jesus Christ, there is no peace. Have you, have you looked at the world lately? Peace is lacking, isn't it? I believe the world desperately, desperately needs Jesus. That's where they're going to find peace. That's where they're going to find peace. And I also believe when we share the gospel with people, we actually get to experience peace in our lives when we embrace that mission. We're calm by the Holy Spirit. Jesus said this, and with that he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus is in the middle of them, and he breathes his Holy Spirit on them. And it changed everything for the disciples. You know, the Holy Spirit, they they would give them power to share the good news. Holy Spirit that would allow them to see things from a God's kingdom perspective. You know, a Holy Spirit that would allow them to see sickness and their circumstances, and the world. It would allow them to see it differently. You know, it's in the, the, that same Holy Spirit that, that breathes on you and I. I mean, when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, or when you do, when you make him Lord and Savior of your life, friends, God breathes on you with his Holy Spirit. Whatever it is you're dealing with, The Holy Spirit will give you the power to face it. 
you know, the Holy Spirit will give you the ability to see things from a heavenly perspective, to see things different than the world sees them. You know, that word breathe, it's the same word in, it's the Hebrew word, but it's the same as the Greek word for, for breathe that you find in Genesis. When God breathed and Adam came to life. You know, it's the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. It's the same power that, that God gave the disciples. Friends, it's the same power that makes us alive in Jesus Christ, as Paul says. Christ followers, you are filled with power. You are filled with power that gives you the ability to do what you can't do on your own. Now, you may feel stuck, and I'll tell you, that's great. Because Jesus shows up in the middle of stuff. And Jesus shows up with that life-giving breath from heaven. And in fact, I believe right now in this room that Jesus is right here in the middle. Yeah, I mean, he's waiting to give some of you peace. He's waiting to, to breathe on some of you and give you hope, give you power to navigate whatever it is you need to navigate in your life. He wants to give you peace. You just got to pay attention. It's around you. See, I believe that Jesus wants us through his, his power, through his spirit, to be able to see things from a different perspective. Some of you need a different perspective in life. To see things from a kingdom perspective, eternal perspective, it'll change what you're going through. Now, don't misunderstand me. You'll still be in the middle. Jesus will be right there with you. In the middle, I'll take the middle because Jesus is there. Some of you need that today. Let, let, let's bow in a word of prayer to God. Our holy God, I know there are some today that they feel stuck in the middle. God, I pray you'd make your presence known. God, that they would sense you saying, peace be with you. I'm with you. That they'd sense your Holy Spirit. And there's someone here that uh, they need strength. Someone that needs hope. God, there's a lot of people that need some joy. God, I pray you'd give them a perspective that they could find the things to celebrate. There's always something to celebrate. God, help us to see those things. God, I pray you would open our hearts, our minds, that we would rise up. That we'd feel your presence. That we'd find a new perspective. And that it would bubble out in joy and hope. 
God, help us to be people that share our faith. This world desperately needs you. Let us be your voice, your ears, your hands, your feet, whatever is needed, Lord. May we mark the lives of people around us in your name. We give you the glory, Lord, with all we say and do. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Did everyone get uh, communion? If you didn't, raise your hand. Ushers, ushers will... Uh, You know, I think one of the things, communion's a lot of different, different things, but it's mostly about remembering. And when we take that time to remember what Jesus has done, what he did for you, you know, so you've got to personalize it, well, then it changes this moment um, because you realize his body was broken for you, his blood was spilled. So you could be forgiven. So you could have a relationship with God. So you could experience the, the Holy Spirit working in your life. So you could have strength. And so I pray you would uh, really think about what this moment, moment meant when Jesus, uh, you peel off the top layer there, you'll find the bread and uh, Maybe. I don't think they had communion like this one. <laughs> he was around, but it says he took the bread and he broke it. He said, take and eat, for this is my body. Likewise, that evening with the disciples, he took of the cup and said, this, this is my blood that will be spilled for you. And he shared it with them. Take and drink. Our holy God, we thank you that you loved us that much. God, I pray we never forget the sacrifice. That, Lord, we would uh, be motivated out of communion to, to share. That we would find hope, strength. That, God, it would give us perspective in our lives. Help us to see things as you see them. And, God, help us to remember this isn't the end. We're just in the middle. And we look forward to that day we all gather around your throne and celebrate. Help us to remember that, Lord. We thank you for Jesus. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. May you go in peace and may you experience God's love and grace today. Amen.